Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Watch me Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Jordan Oppett here, filling in for Frankie Mackay today. Many of you will know me as the TVNZ One News sports reporter and or the one who adds her two cents on Smithy's panel on the odd occasion and a wee bit of banter during the week. Look, it's safe to say I'm pumped to be here this morning and I'm really looking forward to spending the next hour with you all chatting all things sport, particularly what's happening here in the beautiful Garden City. Now, it's that time of the year where pre-season ramps up for our winter codes. Think Broncos, yo-yos, June sprints, all that dreaded gross fitness testing. So we thought we'd chat to a couple of well-connected Cantabs this morning, starting with Julie Seymour, netball legend and current assistant coach of the Mainland Tactics. Thanks for joining us, Jules. How is it that time of the year already to jump into pre-season? I know. Every year you say the same. It certainly comes around um, quick, but also excited to get the group back together. Yeah, I bumped into Marianne at Coffee Culture. She was putting together a plan for the week. So what is kind of on the cards? I understand you're all heading to Hamna? Yeah, that's right. Like we always, um, on the first day in, the girls have to face the dreaded fitness testing um, first day in. And then, yeah, the tactics are heading up to Hamna later in the day on Monday, which is something that's been a bit of a tradition for the last couple of years. Uh, and it's just a chance to get the team together away from um, our usual training environment and just start to build some of those connections and have some conversations around about um, what type of team we want to be this season, what our values are going to be, yeah, just kind of who we are and what we're going to be about. Yeah, because I guess that's the thing. You do have some big changes um, for the upcoming season. You've acquired Laura Malcolm from the England Roses, an outstanding mid-quarter, and you've also got Alia Dunn. How excited are you, I guess, um, as a coaching group about the season ahead and those changes you've made? Yeah, look, we are really excited. And there's always that balance um, every year. I'm sure other teams are the same between keeping some consistency and building on connections that you grow each season, um, but also looking at where you maybe um, can make some improvements and make some changes and add a bit of freshness. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, we have got a few, quite a few players coming in, actually, when you, you look at the group. We have got Laura Malcolm coming in and Alia Dunn from the Pulse. We've also got Jane Watson um, coming back from having her baby. Um, and we've got a couple of young players, Greer Sinclair, Paris Patera, and Vika Colotto as well. So, yeah, when you look at it on paper, you're like, we have actually got, um, yeah, quite a number of changes in there. Do you, because for a long time, the tactics had sort of remained the same group. Do you feel like yeah. these changes are what you need in order to sort of move forward with the direction of the team? Yeah, I do. I think you're right. We did have a solid group there and we're making good progress and we're kind of there and in that final a couple of years and couldn't quite crack it. Um, So I think, yeah, it is time to have a couple of changes. Uh, And that's no disrespect to the people that we've had before. Um, They've always done a fantastic job. Um, And sometimes, yeah, they've moved on to different places and different spaces and sometimes a change is good for them as much as it is for us as well. 
Yeah, and as you mentioned as well, the return of Jane Watson after having her baby. Obviously, she's such a key member of the team, a real leader. Um, What will it mean to have her back with the side? Yeah, we're really excited um, to support Jane through returning to netball. Um, I've been there myself coming after a baby, um, and and it's really nice, and I know she's really excited to come back. So, as you mentioned, she is a great leader, so what she brings off the court is just as valuable to what she brings on the court as well. And I know the girls really listen to what she um, says. She's a loud voice on the court for the girls to connect in with. So, yeah, we're really excited to have her back. And just lastly, Julie, it's been an up-and-down couple of years for the tactics. What do you think is going to be that key to consistency, I guess, this season? And do you feel now with the roster that we've just talked through that you kind of have the ingredients to make that happen? Yeah, look, we do have the ingredients. Um, This is a tough competition, and that's why it's so exciting to be part of it. Like, you know, all the teams are good. Um, So I think it will be about getting these connections early, um, getting that game plan and that kind of what are our strengths and establishing that early and just really working hard on those those basics and those little things. So we know it's going to be tough, um, but also excited um, with the group we've got and what we can put out there on court. And I know I said lastly, but I promise this is the last one. Are you guys going to get some soaks at the hot pool? Surely. Surely, oh yes, there's always time for a soak because there is a few, you know, hills and mountains there to do a bit of training on, so it's always good at the end of the day to have a little soak in the hot pools. We love that. Well, thank you so much and have the best time with the team. Um, In pre-season, I can't believe it's just around the corner now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, welcome back to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner and to what's going on in Canterbury. So she's an absolute banger of a weekend here in the 03. Uh, headlined by the Killers, it's their second night at Christchurch Arena tonight. Now, a PSA, get there early to avoid the queues. Let me tell you, it was not fun driving around Christchurch at 7 o'clock last night. Mr Brightside in person, say no more. Followed by the South Island Beer Festival featuring over 30 beers and ciders from across the South Island at Island Homestead. Now this is a sellout so if you haven't got your tickets already, uh, Facebook Marketplace. Um, Classy comedy at the Pieto, a night of comedy for those age 13 plus which promises, and I quote, won't leave you answering any uncomfortable questions on the car ride home. All local acts too. And then a Celtic Christmas at the Isaac Theatre Royal, an all-singing, all-dancing, family-friendly treat hosted by the Taste of Ireland Company. How good. And the iconic Coca-Cola Christmas in the Park is back at Hagley Park. Now that's North Hagley for those wanting to go. It's the nation's favourite Christmas party, isn't it? With all proceeds this year throughout the night going to Youthline. That's from 7.30 tonight. And unlike any other year, plenty of portaloos. On the way to the studio this morning, I drove past and let me tell you, they are lined up beautifully and it's looking good. It's time for Frankie's Five. Right, Frankie's Five, as we just said. Now, if you've got any issues with these, take them up with Frankie's because she's still got the naming rights. So first up for me is the Black Ferns clean-up in Monaco. Yeah, it, it's just, it sounds real weird, I guess, and strange because, you know, we don't play footy for awards or accolades, especially not individual ones, at least. Um, so to, to stand here achieving this, I'm, I'm proud to... You know, represent my whānau, my family, my hapu, my iwi back in um, Aotearoa um, and to represent my club, College Rifles, my union, Auckland Rugby and also 
my team, the Black Ferns. I just love her. The Black Ferns World Rugby domination continues. Coach Wayne Smith, Coach of the Year, Captain, who we just heard from, Ruahe DeMont, is Women's Player of the Year, and star winger Ruby Tui picking up Breakthrough Player of the Year at the World Rugby Awards on Monday our time. Special shout out here too to Maya Roos, who was present and used her Adidas headgear as a handbag for the glitzy event. How good. Uh, next on my list, Lydia Ko, the absolute goat. And now... It's official. Lydia Ko is a champion again at the CME Group Tour Championship. And the Player of the Year. Yes, Lydia moving to her highest world ranking in five years, winning her third LPGA Tour crown while claiming the Tour Championship in Florida. She's had 11 other top finishes, this uh, top 10 finishes this year rather. Not a bad payday either, claiming more than $3 million in prize money. She also claimed Player of the Year honours for the second time in her career. She, like the whole entire Blackburns team, deserve a damehood, quite frankly. Uh, third on my list, multiple FIFA World Cup upsets, but my pick is Japan beating G- Germany 2-1. Ichikura, Asano, Asano, yes! What a goal! And that- oh, one of the goals of the World Cup already. The reason I chose Japan is because if you haven't seen on social media, the fans stayed behind to clean the stadiums and the players left the locker rooms absolutely spotless, making origami cranes out of towels with a thank you message in Arabic and Japanese. Bless them. I just love them. If you want to listen to the coverage with Daniel McCarty and David Cho, head to SE, the ECNZ app. Uh, not last but not least is Martin Guptill. I'm not really sure how it's supposed to play out, to be honest. It's, uh, it's one of those tricky situations where, you know, the coach has got to make a tough call to a senior player and, you know, it was, he felt that was the right call to make. Yes, dropped from the ODI squad, opting out of his contract earlier this week. And just yesterday it was announced he's been picked up by the Renegades in the Big Bash. Says it all, really. He fronted media yesterday too and made it very clear he still wants to represent New Zealand. The 50-over World Cup is less than a year away and he's made it clear he will fight for a spot back in the squad. So watch this space. And sorry, I got these two mixed around. The next big uh, talking point of the week was a group of our top athletes are taking on High Performance Sport New Zealand, launching a landmark employment case against them. The Athletes Cooperative is an independent group led by the likes of Olympic rowing champ Mahi Drysdale, representing dozens of elite rowers and cyclists. They've gone to the Employment Relations Authority to argue contracted athletes should be treated as employees and therefore have better rights and protections. It's understood they'll meet early next year. And that's my top five. As I said, if you've got any issues with those, take them up with Frankie. Uh, well, welcome back from the break. This is the Canterbury Rugby Update brought to you by Kevlar Holmes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. And we're joined by George Berry this morning, who's the head of engagement at Canterbury Rugby, but also um, dabbles in a bit of every single sport going here in Canterbury, most recently also the Coast to Coast. George, thanks for joining us. Um, obviously, pre-season's about to get underway here in Canterbury for both Matatu and the Crusaders. What's the vibe been like around Rugby Park? Yeah, morning, uh, Jordan. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, you get to see a few new faces and uh, a few that are returning. Been interesting, actually, because such a, a sort of heavy contingent of the men's side went away with that All Blacks uh, 15. There actually hasn't been too many of them around, actually. It's been, uh, yeah, been quite interesting from that perspective. But, uh, yeah, also good to see a number of the Black Ferns uh, coming back to Christchurch over the last few days. And 
uh, after there's such a fantastic uh, World Cup to see them back in again. Whitney Hanson in as well, one of those coaches, and Georgia Ponsonby the other day. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting just to sort of see the smile on their faces and, um, yeah, job well done, really. Yeah, from some of the players, I guess, who have been in Christchurch and around the traps, do you think they're nervous for what awaits them at pre-season? And I guess, um, what can we expect from this first week? Yeah, exciting for the men. Uh, I think, oh, I've got to check the dates, but I think it's about the 9th of December they're actually heading out to Rangiora High School, which uh, you'll know Fletcher Newell went to Rangiora. Um, and, uh, you know, so quite cool from that perspective, get back out in the community and see what uh, those guys are up to. From a Master 2 uh, perspective, this is really exciting too. They're going to play a fair bit, um, or train a fair bit out at Napunawai. Uh, over the summer and get things going again. Yeah, they've been pretty good, really. It's a pretty similar so- squad to what they had last year. A few sort of different names in there. Cheyenne Cunningham is one that I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how she goes. She had an amazing season uh, with Otago, sort of plays in that outside backs. Uh, really young, up-and-coming uh, comer there. But it'd be great to see the likes of Grace Brooker back again. Uh, she's really changed shape. I don't know if you remember, but she obviously missed out on the World Cup having injured her knee uh, on the end of year two or last year with the Black Ferns. So she's basically had a whole year off rugby. Uh, this is be her coming back. She has really changed shape. Uh, some really big sort of upper body strength on her, uh, big shoulders. So she's going to be uh, really exciting to see. And then the likes of Rosie Kelly and Grace Steinmetz. And, uh, you know, the, there's, there's some number of uh, really talented players that were right on the fringe of that Black Fern squad that have kind of been around rugby park for the last few while, uh, but looking to rip back into it. So it's, yeah, pretty exciting. And just when we thought Steph uh, O'Hardy Fox was about to hang up the boots, she's uh, coming back for Opiki. Well, yeah, I said to her, I tried to get her to stay and play for Canterbury because, uh, you know, I remember actually I was calling a couple of games for Sky at the time, and she was just unreal. You know, she was over the ball. Uh, she, she probably should have had six or seven on her back rather than uh, one or three at the time. She was absolutely outstanding, and I remember saying to her, hey, uh, you sure you don't want to come back for Canterbury? But, uh, you know, uh, for her, um, she felt like it was a good good way to finish and finish with Kendra as well. So that was exciting for her. But, uh, yeah, she wants to come back. You know, women's rugby is really coming on leaps and bounds. A year of super rugby last year, and this is kind of the opportunity to build on that. And I guess until someone kind of pushes her out the way, uh, you know, another prop comes through or another hooker or something at that point and pushes her out the way, uh, then she's got a place in that squad uh, as long as she wants it, I suppose. Uh, she's also taken over the uh, RDO role at Christchurch this year as well. So that'll be exciting for her because I know how much she loves that club and uh, she'll spend plenty of time in there. So really cool to see uh, a female in that space of a, a club that's actually got so much history as well. So pretty exciting for Steph and, uh, and the family. Yeah, I was joking to uh, <laughs> Whitney and Tony this week that surely it can't be too hard to get Kendra back out of retirement, but they said that one might be a bit too <laughs> too far this time round. And on that grow, uh, the growth of the women's game leads me to my next question. You've obviously been heavily involved with Canterbury F- FPC side for quite some time now. What do you think is going to be the key to keeping that World Cup momentum going heading into Opiki, which is actually only a couple of months away? Yeah, I think there's two things to it. And there is a heck of a lot of work going into that female space. I know know, we just had a really good meeting about it uh, on about Thursday, actually, on the new strategy that Canterbury Rugby's putting in place. There's a lot of have-a-go days and bits and pieces from a 
uh, a young female's perspective. But the other part is that I think the uh, you know the New Zealand public still have a really big part to play. Really interesting thing for me the other day was uh, there was something like 30 penalties given away in that All Blacks game against England the other day, and there was so much made about how many penalties were given and how much involvement the referee had. If you go and have a look at the final, the women's final, I think there was 28 in there, not one mention of it. So it's just realising that they're two quite different products, and uh, I think if you, you give women's rugby the space to continue to be a really fun, exciting game and let people play like that, then it'll continue to entertain you. But if you start to scrutinise it and uh, sort of view it in a similar fashion to what we do in the men's game, then it probably will get challenged a fair bit more than probably what we think it might. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of development, lots of time, lots of opportunity for young women to have ball in hand and uh, you know get used to it. Maybe it's coming across from netball or hockey or other sports or that sort of stuff. But, you know, have a go, uh, build up the player base and, and numbers, and hopefully we can get a few more teams and uh, a few more quality, you know, really good quality game. I remember a game last year. Uh, at Orange Theory, uh, Canary versus Waikato. It was one of the best games of women's rugby I'd seen for a long time. So if we can get that standard at, at Farah Palmer Cup level uh, and probably a little bit wider as well, then we're going to always have really great great games of um, female rugby to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, and there's no doubt that the Black Ferns and also those Farah Palmer Cup teams have inspired a whole new wave of you know, young up-and-coming, you know, uh, rugby stars from, you know, your little five-year-olds upwards. How much is it is it about as well getting our players, like the Matatu girls, out in the community, showing them that, you know, because what, what you see, you can be? Yeah, 100%. That's a, that's a phrase that we often use. You've got to see it to be it. Um, but uh, don't forget that, you know, they, they are great role models to not only young girls, but, you know, boys as well. Uh, everybody at that point, anyone that wants to be a rugby player, especially in that younger space, they, they invariably don't see male and female. They just see cool people wearing a black jersey or wearing a Canterbury jersey or wearing those things. So you know, they're, they're really inspired. I know obviously my kids get to spend a lot more time around some of those Canterbury women than other people's kids, but you know, straight away, the, you know, Harry, my six-year-old, sitting there going, there's Kendra or you know, there's Alana or there's Chelsea. So um, you know, they're, they're just as inspired by this, which is really important. But um yeah, it's some uh, exciting times, that's for sure. Yeah, and just back on that pre-season, we were also talking to Julie Seymour earlier around the mainland tactics who also have pre-season, and she was saying there might be some shocks to the system around the old fitness testing. Can we expect the same uh, at Rugby Park this week? Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll be, uh, so most of it's sliding across to say uh, the guys are going out to Rangu and out to Napunua because Rugby Park's just had a massive overhaul. Actually, I don't know if you, well, you saw the grass when you were yes. there the other day. Yeah, it started to look good again, but yeah, it's basically scraped all the grass off and restarted uh, about six or seven weeks ago, uh, or straight after NPC final. But um, yeah, I, I suspect for a few it will be, but yeah, the, there's certainly a lot of professionalism come into that game, uh, especially the women's game, and, and people are really, or players, certainly at the Canterbury level, are really starting to uh, take note, I suppose, and, and really... Uh, you know, well, they're just being professionals is probably the simplest way of putting it. But, um, yeah, I know the likes of Hannah King and Kelsey McCook and a few of those others that have probably been around the fringe have been doing plenty of training. Uh, so hopefully for them, it won't be too much of a, of a big jump. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Send me the updates. I want to know who's winning, who's losing. <laughs> It won't be me. It won't be me out there running with them. I can assure you that I played some uh, social cricket the other night and just about got wrecked. 
It's unreal. <laughs> well, maybe you can get some practice under your belt this weekend, all right? Yeah, I'll be on the lawnmower probably. Love that for you, George. Thank you so much for your time this morning. That's the Canterbury Rugby Update brought to you by Kevla Holmes, helping build the future of Canterbury Rugby. Kevla Holmes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. Well, welcome back to the Canterbury Enterprise Sports Corner. Jordan Oppett filling in for Frankie Mackay today. And now to the panel, proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. I'm very excited to welcome two talented local sports writers for stuff, Rob Van Royen and Brendan Egan. Morning, team. How are we? Morning, Jordan. Good, thanks. Yeah, morning, Jordan. How Brendan? are we going? I was like, Brendan, you're there? Come in. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, no, Brendan, we're actually... <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with you, Brendan, our cricket man, Tom Latham, Canterbury's favourite son. Was that not one of the best ODI innings we've seen from him? Um, I think it was right up there for Tom Latham. Yeah, he's definitely had some good ones. A couple at Hagley Oval um, I remember covering. But, yeah, I mean, it was a great night, wasn't it? I mean, absolutely fantastic, the state of the game with the, the Black Caps and uh, a bit of bother there and that, that fantastic partnership between him and Kane Williams. And he just... Uh, He's just such a calm, composed individual, Tom Latham. He never gets rattled um, as the run rate sort of climbs, does he? And uh, just some of his exquisite shots last night. Um, fantastic stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see. Yeah, I guess what did you make of that Black Caps performance on the whole? Because I covered the first innings for the news last night. And when I left, I thought, oh, no, we're in a spot of bother here. And then they managed to just chew through the run. So I guess what did you make of the whole performance? Yeah, I had some concerns about the bowling, especially early on. Like, just uh, some of the bowlers just pretty uh, erratic, not hitting their lengths. Um, yeah, the Indians really got on top of them early on. I mean, the Black Caps did well. They they pegged it back during the middle stages. Then, obviously, India got going again at the end there and, and got up, up over 300. But I guess with Eden Park, um, you know, it is, it is short boundaries. You can uh, make up the runs. And, uh, yeah, as you say, um, New Zealand, you know, with those early wickets, they were in a bit of spot of bother there. But... Uh, yeah, that partnership between Kane Williamson and, and Tom Latham, just two experienced guys who really just thrive on ODI cricket and, and you know, know that they can just build a partnership and if they're there at the end, they can get New Zealand home. So, yeah, that was just the uh, turning point for the game for me. India just couldn't couldn't get them out. They just seemed to, um, yeah, they just went into the shell of it, didn't they? They just uh, ran out of ideas and, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a crucial stage in the game, that partnership, and India just couldn't get the breakthrough. Mm. Rob, was that some inspo for your cricket this weekend? <laughs> oh, absolutely! I mean, the, the, mind you, the, that was proper cricket last night, wasn't it? Like, and I've always been a bigger fan of, uh, even though there's talk of the future of uh, 50 overs cricket. I prefer it over T20s. Always have. Um, we'll be having a 2020 bash later on, but last night was just proper cricket, proper shots. Um, and I mean, it suited Kane clearly a lot better. I mean, that was a. I mean, still not at his absolute best. It's like 94 off 98, but um, yeah. And it, but some of the strokes they play, it was, as I said, proper cricket shots. Latham was quite exquisite. He didn't. It was almost effortless. You know, 145 mm. was 104, and and it wasn't like he went out there and slogged. But you know, just a lot of really good strokes. Come on, I also think you need to back yourself a bit more. Proper cricket, you can play that. <laughs> <laughs> Leads me to my next no, point, Rob. Right. 50, over, 50 overs cricket is proper cricket is what, I, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean, having you on. Uh, leads, my, leads me to my next point, really. Uh, there's another favourite son of Canterbury coming up through the ranks, and Hen- Henry Shipley. Surely he's in line for a Black Caps call-up after what's been a stunning start to the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been great, isn't he? I actually saw a piece the other day saying he's, he's 
pressing for a spot, and uh, he's, he's got to be. He's just the best form's been good for a while now, and, that's, and clearly the start of the season. It's, uh, I mean, look, the Black Caps have shown they're not afraid to to look to a few younger younger guys. I mean, they're clearly doing that with Van Allen and moving on from Gupt. Also, it'd be interesting to see if they do start yeah, going uh, looking that way at the ball. I mean, look, Trent Bolt's out of the the picture to an extent now. Um, yeah, obviously Saudi's not going anywhere um, till after the World Cup, surely. But yeah, he's getting on, so they do have to start looking at some younger guys. Mm. And Brendan, I guess to that Canterbury side, they are about, well, they have actually already lost their Black Caps players to the series pl- playing right now. But what do you make of the depth, I guess, we've got within Canterbury and within those Canterbury sides? Well, I think Canterbury is probably arguably one of the strongest provinces in New Zealand for cricket. I mean, you, you do take those guys mm. out, but there's some fine players, isn't there? I mean, Cole McConchie, I mean, he's just Mr. Domestic Cricket. He just, he's just absolutely excelling in all three formats. And he's another guy, I mean... It's pretty tough to break into that team, but I mean, I, I don't think Cole McConchie would do uh, would do any harm in that New Zealand team. He just, um, whenever he plays for Canterbury, he just he chimes in for hundred. He's an excellent fielder, uh, can you know bowl his off spin, get a few wickets, and uh, tie down the runs in the middle stages. Like it's um, yeah, and there's some um, we've obviously seen uh, the young guy Matt Boyle's got a chance. Uh, he's very highly touted. The young opener uh, played the other day. Uh, I think he got a duck from memory, but um, he's he, big things are expected of him. So. Just a production line, uh, Canterbury Cricket always has been. And, uh, yeah, there's some, some really good young players coming through. I think even if those Black Cap guys are out, Canterbury should be pretty uh, pretty strong in all, all three formats still. Mm. And keen to get both – last quick question here. Keen to get both your thoughts on the Gupdal situation because no matter what you think of Gupdal, I think the way – personally, I think the way this has been handled has been – uh, pretty unfair on someone who's given so much to the Black Caps. I guess, Brendan, we'll start with you. What do you make of it? Talk me through your thoughts. It's definitely a tricky one, isn't it? Like, I can see sort of both sides of the equation. Like, yeah, um, you get the side of the, the, the sort of equation where you think, you know, with Ross Taylor, he did have that farewell to her. And I think even we were talking about it um, before one of the Black Caps media sessions, you know, it was unfortunate Amy Satterwaite never got one. And yeah, maybe mm. Martin Guptill did deserve a bit of a farewell to her. But then I guess you've got the other side of the coin, um, professional sport. It's pretty cutthroat, isn't it? And they've obviously, Gary Stead, he's made the decision to go after the young guy, Finn Allen. Like, he said in that press conference, the World Cup's a year out. We need to get Finn Allen in the side. We need to get him delivering, um, really sort of finding his mark at the top of the order with Devin Conway. So he needs a year just to really um, learn that role and, and thrive in it. And, uh, and Guptill, you know, he's, he's been getting on and um, I guess, you know, he's been a little bit hit and miss with some of his performances. So, yeah, it's a really tricky one. I mean, I, I definitely think it could have been handled a lot better. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a fine line, isn't it, professional sport? Um, you've got to pick the best team at the end of the day and uh, it's all about results, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess with, um, what about you, Rob? I mean, the thing that uh, kind of surprised me yesterday was he spoke to media. That didn't surprise me. But what did was when he said, um, Kane had only very Kane Williamson had only very recently reached out, and he's only heard from very few players about the whole situation and him leaving. I guess what's your take on it all? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, that's I hadn't actually picked up on that. He hadn't really heard from any teammates. Uh, in terms of the decision, I, I was I'm in, in favour of him going to looking younger and going with Finn Allen. Uh, and Brendan, I, yeah, Brendan made all the all the points there. It's a good one. I, one of my biggest concerns with Gupta was his, his, his ability to rotate strike was always something that uh, I wasn't a big fan of. He wasn't never was never great at rotating strike and keeping things ticking over. But I guess I guess if this Finn Allen experiment, I've got to give it a crack. But if it doesn't work, I mean, and you talk about the farewell tour, blah blah. I mean, in pro sport, I don't think there's any. Um, you know, it's not a given, and it shouldn't be a given that you're going to give someone a farewell tour. 
But I guess if this experiment doesn't work with Finale and they give them a good chance, so, you know, they've just got to not be afraid, I guess, to go back to Gupta when they, you know, down the line with that World Cup in sight. And they have said it's not, um, not that you just, you, know, that you believe everything, but they have said it's not necessarily the end for them. Uh, in terms of how it was all handled um, behind the scenes, I mean, yeah, I mean, professional sport, it's, uh, it's, it's, it can be cruel at times, right? Yeah, definitely. I kind of, I do sort of fear, though, that it puts a lot of pressure on Finnellan's shoulders. So hopefully over this series and as the summer progresses, we see some um, results from him. And I know I said last cricket question, but this one actually is. Because summer of cricket in Pakistan, what were New Zealand cricket thinking? Well, is this, is this they're making up for, uh, yeah, obviously they were meant to well, go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like... say no to going over to cover it. <laughs> No, no, exactly. I, I guess it, 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 look, you look at the calendar, and this is like the summer of cricket. It's always the thing, right? And there's just a massive hole in the in the calendar at home now. They're, after this coming series, they're just gone. Pakistan, there's no cricket until well into next year, which is a real shame. This is when Kiwis like getting uh, sitting on the embankments and having a few and watching the Black Caps. So, uh, I mean, yeah, well, is, it the, is it the Black Clash, uh, Jordan? I'm sure you'll be there for that. Is that, is that almost the, the next thing on the calendar? Well, yeah, it's the showpiece event, really, isn't it? The hosted by yours truly. So, I mean, you know, you, you're actually dead right. Thank you for that. Uh, Brendan, moving forward, uh, we spoke to uh, Julie Seymour earlier because pre-season's about to get underway for the tactics. Now, this is a side that obviously they had two back-to-back finals, but they've just struggled. It's kind of either side struggled for a bit of consistency. Their team's been together for so long, like so many of those players had been there for seven, eight, nine years, and now they've kind of not started fresh, but they have changed the side a lot. They've got Laura Malcolm coming from the England Roses, Alia Dunn coming down from the Pulse. How do you think they'll go this year? Uh, next year, rather? Yeah, I was pretty excited by those tactics signings. I think they really hit the jackpot. Like they, I, just last year with that Jane Watson injury, they looked pretty devoid of answers. Like I, I did have major concerns when, when oh, sorry, Jane Watson injury, obviously with your pregnancy um, being unavailable. Um, I, I sort of really worried about the tactics last year. I think they, I thought they'd really struggle, and they did. But uh, yeah, obviously Marilyn Delaney Hodgkin has made some really astute signings. I love the um, Alia Dunn decision. I just thought with Ellie Bird and Tapaisa we record, I think that combination they kind of run its course and Bird was a little bit one dimensional. Um so Ali Adan, I think mm-hmm. coming down here to Canterbury and for the tactics just a, a change of scenery, fresh environment, I think she could really excel down here and uh we've always been a big big uh, fan of Ali Adan and what she can do. And yeah, Malcolm's obviously a very experienced player. She's gonna add a lot to that environment. So I've got uh yeah high expectations for the tactics. I think they'll be um, yeah a lot better than, than what they've been uh, especially last year. I think they'll be They'll be sort of right in the title mix. I mean, obviously, the Central Pulse are going to be the team to beat. They've uh, got a pretty settled roster. Um, the Mystics, um, they're always tough with some of the players I've got. But uh, the tactics should be uh, there or thereabouts, I reckon. Yeah. The, the one I did feel sorry for was Charlotte Alley. I mean, she's dedicated most, well, all of her playing career to the tactics. And I honestly believe she's one of New Zealand's most underrated mid-quarters. But, I mean, she's moving north to the Magic and speaking to Marianne earlier in the week she said that she just genuinely believes that's going to be the best thing for her but the other person that they get back is Jane Watson and I guess how important is she in the setup not only as a player but probably more so that leadership because I feel like that's something they were sort of lacking this season. Oh it's absolutely massive getting Jane Watson back in there I mean in her, in her 
when she's playing good netball, she's arguably the best defender in the world. Netball, what she can do, just the ball she can pick up. Um, she just, oh man, without her last year, that tactics team and the defensive end, they were just so heavily reliant on uh, Karen Buga, and she was having to do all herself. And with her and, and Watson at the back end of the court, man, they just pick up so much for those two players. So uh, just having Watson back, uh, that's going to make a world of difference, and uh, it just transforms the tactics. Uh, they go from being one of the worst teams to being a title contender just with having Jane Watson on the court, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. I'm with you there. Uh, Rob, Crusaders Matatu, they head uh, into pre-season two. But first, I want to talk about our old mate Razor. Reports out this week, he's got the backing for the England top job. How do you see all of this playing out post the World Cup? Uh, well, the timing is going to be the big thing, right? Like, mm. I mean, New Zealand rugby have always, have always uh, pointed the coach after the World Cup, but I mean, frankly, and you know, Jamie Joseph comes into the into the conversation here too. That's just not not going to work for for those guys if they have to wait. They can't really be waiting around, and New Zealand rugby are well aware of that. Um, but at the same time, can they bring it forward before the World Cup? I and mean, what, what, then you start talking about if they don't reappoint Foster and what happens if the, all that's gone to win the World Cup. So, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating what happens in the next wee while. I, I do believe that you know the All Blacks remain. Um, Robertson's. I don't think there's any doubt that that remains his, his preference. But you know, if they if, if England get in touch in May and there's, and there's no uh, All Blacks decision post till post World Cup and they put an offer on the table, I mean, how can you refuse that? Um, it's mm. it's going to be very interesting. I mean, uh, keep an eye on what happens with New Zealand rugby and, and word on uh, the timing of that All Blacks decision. What have you made of all of the, I guess some of them have been rumours, but some of them have been verified with all that's gone down with the All Blacks job and this year, really. Do you think Razor has a reason to be a bit miffed? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's not a secret at all that he was he was approached and was essentially yeah. told that he was in line. I mean, it's not a secret. Everyone knows he, he was essentially in line and Foster avoided the fact with that that win in South Africa. So, I mean, for her, I guess um, some people are saying, oh, it's the second time uh, Razor was shafted. I mean, look, he, he didn't get the job the first time and, and that's, that's fair and square. He didn't get it. But, I mean, this year, that's it's got a sting when uh, when you're basically told it's all but yours. You're in line to get it. And then a, a, late, a late decision, a late win in South Africa and, and, and he's got to wait again. So, um, yeah, he'd have to be frustrated, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to watch. I mean, I guess we spend so much time with Razor throughout the years um, with our jobs, but is he the person you want to see genuinely as the All Blacks coach? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I I think I'd be either him or Jamie Joseph. I, I was actually uh, yeah. the last one. I think Razor's definitely more ready now. I mean, at the time, I thought I'd probably. Uh, I was fine with that decision, and and I've you know absolutely no bias towards Robinson just because uh, we cover the Crusaders and we do see him every week. I was actually more in favour of uh, a Jamie Joseph Tony Brown combination sticking with and 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 putting their um their, their names forward. So, but now I think I oh, absolutely he's ready, and I think it would be it's great timing for him to to take over the team. I think they need to go in a new direction. I think it needs to be a bit, a bit of a clean out right through. Uh, New Zealand rugby, all backs management, I should say. Um, yeah, a little bit stale in there, I think, and, it, and that's coming from, you know, you hear that from a few people. So, yeah, I think the timing's right. Absolutely, this is this is the time for him to do it. That said, if he doesn't 
you know, he's still he's still young. He's got plenty of years. You wouldn't rule him out going down the line if he if he doesn't end up coaching the next year after next year. Yeah. Yeah, I can see you being head of logistics quite easily and also um, Brendan in there as maybe team manager. I think we could sort it out. <laughs> you a pretty solid job, wouldn't have we, you, Rob? Have you, have you, yeah, I reckon. Have you seen him? I know he's back from... Uh, have you seen him? Uh, you've been to Sumner lately, Jordan, and seen him? I know you ran into him there a while back. No, I haven't actually. Is he back in the country now? Yeah, he, he is back in the country. I was actually at Rugby Park yesterday speaking to... Uh, Grace Brooker from uh, Matatu, and yes, yeah. I saw Razor. He through the window. He waved as he walked past uh, through this. So he's definitely back in the country. Yeah, yeah, back from his king's back the, on the throne. The king's back on the throne. <laughs> he's ready for the season ahead. Um, that sort of actually leads me perfectly to the next point. Um, with Matatu, obviously Grace Brooker is back. That's going to be huge. But um, and feel free either of you to chip in here. Obviously, earlier in the week, uh, Whitney Hansen was up when they announced the team and also the coach, the assistant coaches. Were you surprised that she took her name out of the hat for being the next Black Ferns head coach? I was a little bit, but I, I, not so much then because I think, yeah, I think there was there were signs towards the the back end that you, you start hearing guys like Bunting and and that coming in. But yeah, I guess for her to, to black and white just say no, that was it. I mean, yeah, when the World Cup started, I was definitely in, in the group sort of that thought, oh, she would. She was almost the natural, um, yeah, the, the obvious one to, t- to take over. But yeah, she's ruled herself out and she's going to stay as an assistant down here, which is, yeah, I guess that's, that's a win for, for Matatu down here anyway. Yeah. And I guess, Brendan, who would be your players to watch out of Rugby Park for next season uh, in terms of Matatu or the Crusaders? Uh, for the Crusaders, yeah, I mean it's um, George Bell obviously got some some uh, big height, but um, yeah. apparently may have had a bit of an injury. I understand. So uh, yeah, he looked like a really. I mean, he just on the New Zealand twenties team and what he did. Uh, he's a player that I'm I'm really high on. Uh, but I mean, the Crusaders I mean, have just got so much depth, haven't they? Right across the park, um, some of these young guys coming in. Um, yeah, just uh, take your pick, really. I mean, there was someone will step up and come into the mix. They always do, and. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll just be as formidable as ever. Won't they? The Crusaders next year. I mean, they're always they're always very much on the title hunt. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to those uh, 9 a.m. Uh, media calls. <laughs> Actually, they're eight, aren't they, Rob? Yeah, they're eight. Oh, I think they I are eight. Look, I, don't know if, I don't know if Jack Fletcher, for the new the new media manager, because he's going to is he going to mix it up? I guess we haven't heard yet. But I think you might get oh, you your wish for some changes. Oh, eight a.m. I tell you, what are they thinking each year? I've made a public announcement now. I want it to be pushed back later. Mid-morning would be preferred. Mid-morning. Now to the next big thing that's happening, obviously, the FIFA World Cup. Are you watching? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as sports reporters... um, Sorry, Brendan, I'll jump in here. I know you're a football man. But, yeah, sports reporters, we don't um, don't get to be really... You don't get to be fans of of teams. Uh, You've got to take a backward step. But, like, this is a chance where I guess I can. I can... Look, my Dutch heritage, I always get them behind the, the Aranya. And uh, ever since 98, when our family would get up in the wee hours, uh, yeah, I'm doing the same here. And, yeah, getting on the old, um, the old Dutch orange top. And, uh, yeah, they were put up four this morning. They won all draw with Ecuador. But, absolutely, I haven't, I've seen a good chunk of the games, the five and the eight o'clock games especially. So, yeah, how good. Oh, stop it. That's such a nice yeah. wee angle there with the family. Um, and Brendan, for you as well, FIFA World Cup, highs, lows. Talk me through how you're finding it so far. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's been my uh, been my most watched sport event uh, over the last week. It's just been fascinating. Like Rob, I've, I've probably watched about 80% of the games and, and been glued to it. Um, it's been nice with those 8 o'clock kickoffs. You, you roll into the office and work, and it's on in the background. And not much uh, riding gets done the first hour at work. Everyone's pretty glued to the box <laughs> watching the uh, the late game. But it's, oh, it's just been amazing, hasn't it? That uh, Saudi Arabia upset over Argentina, even Japan rolling uh, Germany, which I don't, th- I don't think too many people expected. Just the, the highs and lows and the upsets. And uh, yeah, man, it's just been fascinating. As I say, I've been been watching it. It's been uh, I watched the cricket last night, but man, it's just been been all FIFA World Cup for me. It's been the number one sport and just been glued to it. It's uh, it's fantastic. It, you know, it just rolls around every four years. So when it does, you just got to soak it in, and um, oh, it's just been it's been wonderful, really. Oh my god! I mean, I was mentioning Japan earlier because bless them. Have you seen all the content online? Their fans cleaned up the Blumen Stadium. Then they made left the changing room spotless and made origami cranes out of all the towels left in the bloody building. Like, how cool. Didn't they do this? Well, standing, well, isn't I'm, it? I can't remember. If, yeah. Is that another World Cup or uh, no, there was another event I remember. There were similar things on social media of them cleaning up their locker rooms and, and stuff. Yeah, definitely seen it before from the Japanese. The real MVPs, honestly. Absolute <laughs> MVPs. Um, and lastly... Uh, Brendan, I'll stick with you here. Is Lydia Ko our greatest sporting export of the past 10 years? Oh, gosh, you have to be up there. I mean, man, she's just... Uh, what Lydia Ko's done the last... Uh, well, this year especially has just, just blown me away. I mean, I remember a couple of years back, I was actually talking to um, Amelia Garvey about... Uh, I think it was about 2019, and uh, when Lydia Ko was just copping so much uh, pressure and everyone seemed to be on her back, and uh, I remember Amelia Garvey saying to me, she's going to be on back, she's going to be just fine, and... Sure enough, just what she's done this year, she's been um, amazing and just her results and consistency and changes to her game. It's just been um, amazing to see what she's done and, and how she's bounced back. Yeah, she is awesome. Rob and Brendan, thank you both so much for your time this morning. Cool to chat on a bit of a different platform. See you guys at 8am, <laughs> those media sessions next year. Um, and Good. that's it for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner this week.